There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi, I'm Nicholas Brendan, and you're listening to the Buffy Back Issue Ben. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Ben, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And I made it through. I'm very distracted. Why? The the dog. Look at the dog. He's happy. He is settling down. Sandwiched between me and the back of the couch as tightly as possible. He does this with me all the time. It's not very comfortable. Oh. He, He's very happy about it though. He is extra adorable right now. This dog has become like a body pillow for me. <laughs> But he's very I distracting. hope that got on Mike. A lot of his noises catch on Mike. So oh, buddy. Sometimes we acknowledge them. Sometimes I try and cut what I can, but other times I just can't because it's while we're talking, you'll just hear a little yipping while we're speaking. Oh, because he falls asleep. Yeah, he'll just be talking about something. Because he's a good boy. Talking about like the seriousness of like abortion and that, and you just hear, Oh, it's because he's a good boy. <laughs> Cat is angry that I took away his pillow and is glaring at me angrily. He loves that pillow. He's also kneading the papazan. No. One of the funnest words in the English language. Papazan. Papazan. <laughs> that... It's like empirical. No. Also, no one ever sits in that papazan. I used to. So much. You did. Now the cat owns it. He likes it. No, he likes the pillow that lives in it that you took from him. <laughs> That's why he's kneading the papazan now. He's like, you took my pillow. What are we doing? Why are we talking about the animals? No one can see them. They're cute, I promise. The cat has a skull collar because he's hardcore. He's the least hardcore cat you've ever met. He watched a spider for a while and then didn't eat it. <laughs> yeah, while we were setting up look, then looked away. Spider intimidated him. This week, we are talking about the arc Welcome to the Team. Written by Andrew Chambliss with pencils by George's Genty. And I think to date, probably his best work. It looks great. Yeah, that's also Andrew Chambliss. His best work to date, at least on this series. Spoiler alert, I know where one of the pages from this arc lives. That's not why it's my favorite stuff, though. No, I know. I was just looking at some of the layouts and some of the use of perspective. It's really crazy good. It is, but that page happens to be at 210 Water Street well, not... in Maine, Hollowell. I mean, I have a good page, but... I know, I'm just saying. But, yeah. Just a fun fact. I don't know why I'm trying to, like, talk down my page. Like, it's fine. I don't either. I you were super it. excited when you got it. Yeah. All right, moving on. We start Welcome to the Team with a friendly gur. There's two of them, actually. Nope, sorry, it changes to gar. And we have zompires attacking some civilians who are asking for help. What? His jaw is out of control. <laughs> Most of the zompire ones have been. Yeah, no, I, it's not... It's the creature, not the art. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just a terrifying thing. Something we see here, I'm not sure we've seen before, is we see the zompires siring other people, which I think is interesting. Siring through vampires always seem to be very intentional and they seem to be selective about it or drunk. And the way it's being portrayed here, it's going more on instinct than anything else, trying to increase their numbers. But this was more of an attempted siring as our titular character comes kicking in. Buffet? Yes. <laughs> I haven't learned her name yet. <laughs> Phoebe Buffet. Vampire lair. <laughs> but Buffy comes in kicking with a solid crack against the jaw. And this is the first... There's a lot of blood that, like, spurts out of this mouth. Well, I mean, it was trying to spit blood back into someone else's mouth after sucking their... It's a whole thing. Yeah, there would be a lot of blood. Yeah. But this is the first panel that kind of, like, really draws you in. It kind of, like, piqued my interest. Like, oh, like, we're kind of stepping up the game here as far as the art goes. What really wins in this, like, we've had some good emotional stuff earlier in the season, some quieter moments. I think this arc is our best fight composition that we've seen so far from... 
penciler George Genty. I always hope I'm pronouncing that right. Like this first panel opens up, we have some great onomatopoeia of crack in the background as Buffy's kicking this vampire's jaw. But it's such a powerful kick and perspective is being played with so much. She is literally, her foot has gone outside of the panel. She has kicked this vampire so hard she has left the comic. Yeah. I I like it. I like that everything feels very frantic and you only get pieces of each image. You don't ever get the full layout of what's happening in this fight scene. No, it's great. It's like the art's almost trying to catch up to Buffy that she's moving so fast that you're only getting like, here's her grabbing a stake. There's some running feet. There's a hand grabbing and just all this insane craziness. And there are all these really creative angles. It's a great fight scene. And Buffy is grabbed, as previously mentioned, and falls on her face. Yeah, and she loses one of her stakes. I think she actually ends up losing both of them pretty quick here, which is not ideal. But thankfully, Dowling and Billy are there to stake these vampires that are about to get her. And Buffy is just very angry that this vampire tricked her. This is another great... I'm just going to talk about the art a bunch because it's really great. Like, Buffy is pissed. She fell flat on her face after being grabbed. And she falls on what I assume is supposed to be cobblestone. Yeah, cobblestone, brick, patio thing. And she's so angry. This is a great angle, too. It's kind of hard to describe, but... It looks like she's climbing up a wall, but it's it's definitely the ground. Yeah, she's so angry. Like, her fingers are digging into the brick just so she can, like, get ready to punch the hell out of Zabor's umpires. Her fingers? And her fingers are just digging into the brick, like, tearing it apart, just, like, rage grabbing the ground. It looks great. It does look great. And the other cool thing that we see, too, is that... When Buffy kicked the zompire, she kicked her so hard that the zompire broke a bunch of the bricks apart as well. Like, you get some sense of the force because of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kicked her high into the sky and then she fell on her back, breaking more of these seemingly very breakable bricks. I think it's a rooftop patio. Could be. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. You get the idea. And Buffy's about to stake this ankle-grabbing zompire. When the zompire throws Buffy face first again. Yeah, and like breaks her wrist or something. It looks not a very good angle that her wrist is at. It's twisted to say the least. Yeah. And she gets away and Dowling even mentions he's like, the way you're holding your arm, it looks like that it might be broken. And Buffy's like, yeah, if I was holding my arm like it might be broken, you'd know the difference. I've done it before. Referencing either that time she was a robot and had her arm ripped off or season four, episode one, when that annoying vampire... I forgot her name. The blonde one, Sunny, maybe? Yeah, I remember. Messed up her arm. Yeah. And then Buffy's like, it's not broken. And then she staked her. And then she made a sad pout and turned to dust. <laughs> what you all missed, listeners, was Zach's hands on his hips, showing me the pout. That's what she did. <laughs> then she d- turned to dust. It's true. And but the, the visual was way better than whatever happened on the episode. Because she was probably dressed better than I am right now. How could that be? Don't, let's not describe this. <laughs> Comfort is key. <laughs> it's a podcast. You don't need to know how I'm dressed. Yeah, that's the beauty of podcasting. But everybody is saved by the sun coming up, aka all the non-zompires are saved. So the zompires crawl back to their lair, wherever that is. And Buffy's like, we'll get them next time, champs. And Dowling and Billy are like, where are we going to find their lair? How are we going to do this? And Buffy's like, oh, to be a part of a team again. Ah, uh, because the rest of the team is having their own issues. As we quickly see. When Don is throwing up in their bathroom. Well, in her and Xander's bathroom. And he quickly asks, he's like, you're pregnant. No, he doesn't say that. He says, you're not that thing we definitely haven't been planning for. That, you know, is always the most comforting thing to ask to a woman who's throwing up. But no, she's not pregnant. 
And she's also not a robot, because thankfully Donna's been pooping. Is that how we figured? No, nobody figured that out. That was just your own thing. Yeah, that's what Andrew said. He just didn't say it so explicitly, because he didn't quite figure out the food processing, so Buffy was vomiting up all her food, because yes, she couldn't poop. Whatever. Anyway. (laughs) I didn't make it up. Don't blame me. You would have made it up if you could have. You would have made that exact scenario. Do robots dream of electric poops? I hope not. Does anybody? Anyway, so they decide that in the end, Don just has a regular old flu and that they're they're regular old people. They don't have to worry about things like being robots anymore or, you know, centaurs, but having the bubonic plague, you know, since this is Buffy and pacing is a thing, it's not just the flu. Hashtag spoilers. I know. Do you know the flu is already going around? Doesn't surprise me. We've only been in school for like seven seconds. But yeah, I mean, it's it can't be just the flu because that'd be really weird in a story like this. Just like, Don, get sick. No biggie. <laughs> that would actually be so much funnier if it was just like, there's this side part where Don gets sick. Then she gets okay again because it was just the flu. She took some Tamiflu. It was fine. Then we get a weird continuity thing. Buffy returns to her apartment where her roommate Anahita is going through her stuff and she's like oh what are you doing going through my thing she's like I was looking for a shirt nothing else just a shirt and then Buffy gives her money which is not the thing I would do to people who were snooping through my things but whatever but she gives her the money that she got from Kennedy for the tin can job except Buffy gave that money back yeah remember she like handed her the check back she's like i don't want your money for services rendered and we both had a public (laughs) outcry about it now she has the money again apparently off panel she's like nah i changed my mind money i want the money back i got off my high horse and realized that money is a good thing sometimes especially since i already did the work yeah for services already rendered do you ever go to work you're like you know what don't pay me this week never 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 except if anybody were to do it it would probably be me so sorry about that yeah yeah oh well haven't done it yet um and (laughs) so that's why we work well together dear why why you have strong morals and care for others Mm-hmm. And you have... The same. Sarcasm. I do have that. It's not a moral thing. No, that's part of miscongeniality. Do you remember that movie with Sandra Bullock? Never saw it. Of course I didn't see it. You never saw that? No. Huh. Well, we'll fix that at some point. Just should have lied. You should have lied about that. Yeah, it's a great movie. Michael Caine's in it. Michael Caine? I don't know. But at one point in the movie, they decide that all she has is sarcasm and a right hook. Do you have a right hook? Oh, yeah. So that's all you have to. But... After stopping at her apartment, Buffy goes over to see Xander and Don, where we see the scene that she had inside of Willow Wonderland, where they're discussing whether or not Buffy's in love with Dowling. Oh, she's not in love with him, but, you know, she could go on a date with him. Yeah. Except this time, Don has a face. Yay for Don having a face. Oh, that all just clicked. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, good. Glad I brought it up. (laughs) I was actually reading that scene, and I was like, this scene seems really familiar so sorry it's It's been a really long month i guess it has been a long month (laughs) personally professionally emotionally existentially has it been that one probably not i don't know less that one than the others (laughs) just wanted to keep adding on oh that's what it felt like yes so buffy goes out to meet her non-boyfriend detective dowling and they decide (laughs) that they're not dating because they don't have breakfast in the morning after their nights out together which I just think is very funny. And so they decide it's, to have breakfast the next morning. It's so fun. It's, it's so charming. It's so much less sexy than it sounds like we spend all night together, but never go out for breakfast afterwards. Except all they're doing is killing things. Yeah. Oh, but it's so cute. No sexy time. No, they're killing things. They have a job to do. 
but ruining this moment between Buffy and Dowling. Billy the Vampire Slayer runs up and he has a rope that he soaked in holy water. So not a terrible plan. I know, innovative on Billy's part. Yeah, I like it. It's we a good Billy plan. That one. Except I'm gonna take away him wearing the Bazinga shirt. shirt. Yeah. I didn't notice that it was a Bazinga shirt until right now. Look, I'm gonna say this right now, and this is probably gonna go for most comic book store owners. No, I haven't seen Big Bang Theory. Yes, I'm aware there's a character in that show who runs a comic book store. No, I'm not gonna watch it. Wow. I just don't think it's gonna be up my alley. No, you're very picky. I have no interest. Also, just so we're clear, we haven't watched something that's not children's programming in at least three days. You can think about it. It's still a true statement. Yeah, probably. A couple of kids' movies, some kids' TV. Yeah. <laughs> like, really young age, like three. We watched, like, Sophia the First. <laughs> not true. <laughs> Super Y Kids. I don't know what that is. Yes, you've seen it. Have I? Yeah, you have. Is that one of the kids' one? Yep. Kid like it? Yep. That one kid we interact yes, with? Yes, the one kid. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I probably have seen it. Yeah, you have. So vague. The kid like it? Why else would I know about it? I don't know. You work with children, I don't. They're not that young. They watch, they're all like going to see it right now. I'm like, no, I do not watch that. I mean, man, I'm not going to watch it when you're hearing all red box up by myself. I've read the book. I've seen a, the 1990 TV special. You know what's adorable that I know that they did? This is so off track. No. The whole thing with it is... Nobody has ever said that it was adorable in any sense of the word. Okay, continue. This evil clown slash interdimensional being, side note, I don't care. No spoilers for something that came out in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Statute of limitations has passed on that. Keep going. The odds of me reading and or watching anything related to this are zero. Perhaps less than that. But it's supposed to come back every 30 years. But I guess in this new movie, they say that it comes back every 27 years. So it'll fit nicely. Guess what came out 27 years ago? The first movie? Yeah, the TV miniseries. Aww. Isn't that adorable? That is charming. Oh, that's a year after me. Yeah. I was guess they should get all the kids who like played the younger generation to come back, except I'm sure none of them except Seth Green ever did anything. Seth Green was in it? Yeah. Yeah, baby Seth Green was in it. And as a nice segue, he was also in Buffy. Not in this arc. Back to Billy. <laughs> uh, so Buffy, Billy, and ba- Buffy, Billy, and Bowling. Buffy, Billy, and Benny. So Buffy, Billy, and Dowling ruining the alliteration. I'll go into this warehouse where the zompire nest is. Do you think that Buffy is short for Elizabeth? That's no. what it is in real life. Is it? I actually I have no idea. Did that just blow your mind a little bit? I, I thought Buffy was just the name Buffy. It, I get. I mean, I'm sure it could be, but Buffy is also a nickname for Elizabeth. Oh, weird. Probably other things too, but. I've seen it as a nickname for that. Anyway, sometimes I wonder that. It's the first I've ever heard of it. Okay. Maybe. One of my knitting people that I read, her blog, she has a sister named Buffy, but it's short for Elizabeth. Yeah. So they all jump into battle, staking zompires left and right. Buffy doing, you know, all the heavy lifting because she's with a guy and a teenager. And she's looking very Indiana Jones-esque with her brown holy coat. water soaked rope across her chest like a whip. And her brown coat and her brown pants. And her brown gloves. She just needs the hat. Dun, 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 dun. And they're kind of in like this trolley warehouse, which kind of looks like that time when he was on the train when he was a teenager in the third movie. Yeah, with River Phoenix. He's dead now. Wow. Way to bring down the tone. The atmosphere. And Buffy finds the zompire that attacked her the night before. She ties her up with the holy water rope and stops for a moment, only to be kicked in the face. Yeah. Meanwhile, the holy rope is actually doing its job, and it's making the zompire's skin sizzle. So, points to Billy for a good idea that actually should have worked, but 
didn't, weirdly. And everybody's like, what is happening? Like, why'd you let that vampire go? And Buffy's like, I don't know. I feel like I've seen her before. And then she's teleported away. And as she gets teleported away, that, that- <laughs> means that there's, you know, some vampires that are not yet dead. And Dally and Billy are totally screwed. Especially Dowling, because this vampire just bites into him deep. Yeah. And he goes, ah! Right. And the background is red, so we know it's bad. Yes. Yes. But Buffy is all of a sudden in this weird new place. Los Angeles. That she didn't mean to be in. (laughs) This weird new place. The City of Angels. Yes. And someone has brought her there. Who can bring people places in a world without magic? I don't know. I gotta do some video editing. Or some video. Is this a video? (laughs) I have to do some sound editing to bring it on back. To bring what back? So you never listened to the show? No. What was it? I do an effect on this voice. Oh, you do? Yeah. Fun. You've never heard of yourself as that. No, no. I figure I'm here in person for it, so that's a good listening scenario. So Buffy is looking over the Los Angeles cityscape where someone is speaking to her off screen and points out over the landscape saying that everything is her fault and this is a strangely leathered hand. She's wearing a glove. It's a fancy glove. Well, it's really part of a cat suit. Which we soon see because who is it but Illyria. Are you ready for me to fill that in? Well, Illyria's back. I thought you might, but she didn't, so that's okay too. And Buffy jumps in the air at her and Illyria just freezes her in that spot. Yeah, pretty much. Also, Illyria has some like fancy cheetah print on her jumpsuit now. So is there, kind of. I don't remember it being quite so cheetah-y. Like cheetah face from Star Trek. <laughs> Tax. Uh, she has cheetah spots on her face. Her name is Cheetah Face. Actually, it was her neck. I think I called her Cheetah Neck. Anyway, this happens. Illyria freezes Buffy midair. She's like, I still have power in me, so you can either join us or perish. By the way, we kind of just didn't talk about any of their other conversation. Illyria wants Buffy to join her on a mission. I was trying to wait for the reveal. They just said that. Whatever. Yeah, so there's <laughs> there's a new council about, not a Watcher's Council, but a council of demons that Illyria's part of and she wants Buffy to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, but as Buffy, you know, was trying to attack Illyria with a stake, I'm not sure what the stake was going to do to Illyria, who just teleported Buffy somewhere, so like, whatever. But... Yeah, on a power scale here, Buffy is um not at the top. No, it's a good cover. Yeah, by Phil Noto. It's pretty. It is. Great rendition of Buffy and Illyria. Okay, so back to Billy's head we go. And Billy's like freaking out because Dowling is not doing well. <laughs> also, he's, <laughs> he's like... kind of dying. Yeah, yeah. Crazy Zompire, the one who grabbed Buffy, the one who's like super strong, uh, is... Ripping his neck out. Yeah. Drinking from his jugular. Well, it's a good thing to do. And Billy doesn't know it's what... a good thing to do. Anyway. I mean, if you're a vampire, not in general, don't do it. I don't condone that <laughs> action. And Billy's like, what do I do? Instead, the San Francisco Vampire Patrol shows up. And they're like, dust us, dust us. And they just kill them all. I thought you said dust us, dust us. What does that mean? I don't know. I didn't understand. I was hoping you would illuminate us all. No, they were just dusting them. I didn't want to say the onomatopoeia of paft, paft, <laughs> paft, paft, paft. And now you did anyway. So yeah, you know, it's the best I, of both I, worlds. I really, I've been trapped in this corner. Um, and so everybody's like, where's the Slayer? Where's the Slayer? And Dowling, as he's on Death's doorstep, just whispers, we're gonna have breakfast. <laughs> no, minus that last bit. I was gonna have Eggs Benedict. I love Eggs Benedict. The mimosa. You love mimosas more than I do. I do like mimosas, though. I like a mimosa. It's not my favorite morning drink. 
Then you're wrong. Okay, because you don't like my favorite morning drink? No, it's gross. Sambuca. Gross. Gross, 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 gross. It tastes like licorice and nastiness. And I don't like coffee, and you drink them together, so you put all the things I don't like in one cup. (laughs) Black coffee and Sambuca? It's a lovely way to start a Sunday. Give me sugar with a little bit of bubbles. And Buffy is questioning Illyria. She's like, hey, didn't Wesley shoot you with that cannon thing that took away all your power? I've heard about you. Angel and Spike told me. And Illyria gets real sassy. She's just like, my story did not end with the vampires. Deal with it. Wait, do you do the weird Illyria voice for yourself? Only when I'm quoting directly. You just... Emily just discovered that there's an effect done for Illyria voice. I didn't know that. And then we just spent like, I don't know... 10 minutes scrubbing through an old episode so I could hear it. They don't know that. Well, now they do because I just told them. Uh, you're ruining but the mystique of the podcast. Making it all I seem laughed so at natural. my old jokes, so good for me. So also, I had the same ones that popped in my head before I said them on the podcast. So again, good for me. Uh, I think I only got the Illyria voice I did once on myself. Usually I make you read the dialogue. You really do. Yeah. Well, because I had the effect thing going on. I try and stay consistent with characters sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there's not a good female to male ratio with characters always. So sometimes we get to play multiple parts. I'm sure they'd realize it by this point. Yeah. Nobody's like, which one of them is that? I'm so lost. 36 episodes deep. Yeah, they just figured it out. But Illyria teleports Buffy once again to this council that we've never seen before. There's a big fat flying green Buddha. A little girl with a red balloon. Very fitting. It is out. In theaters still probably, breaking records. Probably still is. Probably. Six weeks later. Some kind of wizard, a big old lizard to go with the wizard. Nope, it's a green anteater, so get it right. Oh, yeah, there you go. Not Groot. And DeHoffrin. And a lady in a Victorian dress. Yeah, DeHoffrin's the most important. You don't really need to worry about the rest of them. Well, they're kind of fun. He's the only one with any personality, mostly because we know him. Yeah, and he's like, oh, hey, Buffy. Buffy's like... I hate you. Like, why am I here? <laughs> Terrible DeHoffrin voice. Oh, sorry. What's yours? I guess just this voice. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Me saying so things. So much better. Yes. But I'm not like, hey, missed you. Pretty much that's what he says. Still a vengeance demon. Yeah, that's exactly what he says. We have a colorful past, don't we? This meeting has nothing to do with you and me, Slayer. Yeah, I don't think they've seen each other since he killed uh, Anya's best friend in front of her. Aww, poor Anya. Well, she's dead. You're no fun. So is her best friend. You're very depressing tonight. I am not. You keep bringing people who are dead. Keep oh being yeah, like, River Phoenix. They're dead. <laughs> well, one of them's real and two of them are fictional. So one is sadder than the others. That's true. But the real one you brought up first... And they basically say that they need to protect this world because Buffy screwed it up because magic's gone. And they're like, oh yeah, you screwed it up in more ways than one because there's also something else coming. The siphon! Yes. Also, as a side note, you did not bring this up, but there's a little girl holding a balloon, a big red balloon. You didn't mention that the balloon talks. It's not the little girl that talks, it's the balloon. Uh, I was going to get there. The little girl is the glamour. The balloon is the real thing. I love that. That's actually my favorite thing about this entire process. I think it's very interesting too, yeah. It's like, stop screwing up, Buffy. First you ruin magic, then you don't kill this guy. What else are you going to do that's wrong? Have your not-boyfriend die in a hospital because a vampire sucked his blood? I don't really have a good answer for that. Yeah. Buffy doesn't know that part yet, so not that one. Actually, what I was staring at right there is that we switch scenes back to Don and Xander, and Xander is sleeping with his eye patch on, first of all, which I found weird, and then 
when Don's coughing wakes him up, he just switches his eye patch to the other eye like that's somehow going to make the coughing go away. And so now his good eye is covered by the eye patch and the bad eye is out to the public. Exposed, yeah. Yeah, it's just very confusing. I didn't notice that the first time through. Sander essentially does earmuffs over his eye. I mean, I kind of get that. I can hear better when I have in my contacts or glasses. I don't know, because it's kind of hard to tell with the coloring if lights are supposed to be on or not. Maybe he's just trying to protect himself from light. Maybe. Who it's kind of It's hard to tell, honestly. But anyway, Dawn is not getting better. So she goes to drink her NyQuil, and Xander gets mad and actually accidentally, I think, backhands it across the he room. He definitely does not accidentally do it. He 100% intentionally just whacks it out of her hands. Also, he's sleeping in a shirt that has a giant barcode on it. But I do like how you tried to just assume the best of Xander. Like, he wouldn't intentionally hit that bottle out of her Why hands. Why would somebody intentionally hit a bottle of medicine out of somebody's hands? Here's a weird thing, too. So Xander hits this NyQuil or equivalent out of Don's hands as hard as he can, and it shatters on the floor. When was the last time you had glass medicine? <laughs> you mean medicine in glass bottles? Yes. Or just glass medicine. Glass I feel like medicine. that's a bigger issue. Back in 1932. <laughs> Don't have that. And... Xander, once again, teetering on the edge of domestic abuse, not for the first time this season. Goes out to the couch to go to bed. As well he should. And... What's really weird is, like, he goes to bed and he feels very peaceful, like, just a tiny smile on his face. He's like, I almost just hit my girlfriend. My sister used to get mad at me when we slept in, like, places, like a tent or something where she could see when I was falling asleep. Because I used to fall asleep smiling. She would get so mad at me. She'd, like, wake me up because she was mad at me for falling asleep Stop smiling. Stop being happy. I hate your joy. <laughs> I was like, I don't I don't even know what to do with that. And the phone rings and Xander yells and he's like, what? And we find out that Dowling is not good and they're trying to save him. They're giving him blood transfusions. They're just rushing him into intensive care. And Xander and Don run over to the ICU where Don's in bad shape and Billy is sad because it's all his fault and he lost the Slayer. Yeah, poor Billy is not always... I don't know. In this arc, he doesn't actually do anything wrong, but he's in the wrong place at the wrong time for everything and then feels like it's all his fault. And Xander's like, all right, we're here now. Get out of here, kid. So he gets out of there. And literally Billy runs out of the hospital. (laughs) Billy out. And Xander kind of explains himself to Don. He's like, it felt like our lives before were going like 100 miles an hour and it's been weird slowing down and I've had trouble adjusting. And we're lucky that we got out of it. But, you know, good thing nothing weird is going to happen in our lives. Oh my God, Don just collapsed. Dun, dun, dun. Luckily, they're at a hospital, so that's helpful. Yeah, it's really convenient. It's yeah. like that time that Riley's heart was going in overdrive when they were at a hospital. Yeah. So basically just hang out in a hospital all, at all times. But we jump back to Buffy and her... Council. Council friends. And there's a new demon who's part of the bunch now. I don't like this, because I went back and like, was that one there before? No. There's another demon that they just refer to as a matchstick demon. It looks kind of like a charred piece of wood that used to have green fire coming out of it. And it kind of emerges from behind them, even though the only thing that could possibly be behind them would be a sharp drop off of a ledge. Right, so maybe she can float? I'm not really sure. No, no, it's just inconsistent. Yeah. And she says that she met the siphon at his apartment, like she thought that the siphon was bringing her home to get lit on mystical fire. Weird. Because that's a fetish? I don't know. It's also not real. No. But they weren't there for weird sex things. He was just there to take her power, and now she's not a matchstick demon. She's just a... She's just, like, sad Groot uh, now. Yeah. Now she's just a piece of wood without fire. Yeah, they took away old the, the one that was Groot in the last issue and replaced Groot with this. 
No, he's still around. Where is he? Just not in that panel. Oh, okay. But I lied to you. Something that I really like here is Illyria comes through and she tries to comfort this demon, which is very non-Illyria-like, but it works with her growth. I understand your pain. I spent more time than I cared to trapped in this body with diminished powers. Every day I felt more and more human. Illyria doesn't like being human. No. That's a song in the new Beauty and the Beast movie. Human again. And Buffy's just like, I heard that was an improvement. Illyria's like, no. yeah, according to your uh, multiple ex-boyfriends. I also like that she calls... Spike and Angel half-breeds. Yeah. More half-truths from the half-breeds. I find that charming. She's so condescending. I like Illyria a lot. Yeah. Are they half-breeds because they're half-demon, half-human? Because they're just mixed. They're not pure-blood demon like Illyria. Oh, okay. And even though Buffy admits that normally her role would be to take out demons like the ones on this council, that the siphon has to be stopped and she's in and she's going to join this council. Cool. So off Illyria and Buffy go to get some reinforcements. And who do they get? Not Spike. But Ko. Do you guys remember Ko? He had like the weird glowy hand thing. Yeah. He's with Buffy and Kennedy. At Tin Can. He lives in Alcatraz. Details like that. Yeah, he does his own thing. Yeah. And Buffy's like, oh, it's you. He's like, hey, Illyria promised to help me find out who killed my family. Oh yeah, because other important detail, if you don't remember, he also tried to kill Buffy or let her die or something. It wasn't great. Yeah, because his family was killed a millennia ago, and Illyria says that she can help him figure out who killed his family, because Wolfram Hart says that the demon, who's millennia old, is still on Earth, conveniently enough. I think it's the balloon. This is the worst mystery ever. I think it's the balloon. I don't. And just in case you How does the balloon work? Do you have to be holding the balloon to be the mouthpiece of the balloon? We'll we'll do more with the balloon later. I like the balloon. And no, there's no misdirect here. It's exactly what you think it is. Pretty much. It seems really lazy. But anyway, they're all like... It's just too obvious. They're all like, that's fine. So our merry little band of three will go off to find the siphon and capture him. Meanwhile, they don't really have a plan for capturing the siphon. They're just like, we're going to go get him. We're going to punch him. It's basically the gist of it. Yes. Ko is ready with his demon slicey blade. Illyria is ready just to punch through a wall. She comes from the angel school of entering things. Yes. And Buffy crashes through a window. So I guess Buffy does too. And we find out the siphon was ready for them all along because he had a man on the inside, the matchstick demon, who he also double crossed and has now killed and sucked out all of her power. Like Hercules Mulligan. There was a man on the inside. (laughs) We just hadn't done a Hamilton reference in so long. Sorry. So anyway, Matchstick Demon is done. So the next issue begins. Sev is ready. He's all juiced up. He's shooting lightning out of his fist. Buffy has a sword. Ko has his little laser discs. And, fun fact, I've seen that page in person. Oh yeah, that's in the store. Many a time. It's a good page. It is a good page. They're ready for a showdown, and Sev shoots some lightning at them with a solid crackle. And boom! And they're all shot backwards. And so everybody's down for the count except for Sev, because he clearly has a lot of power. Because he has the crackle boom. He has the crackle boom. That sounds like Rice Krispies kicked up a notch. So Sev walks right over Buffy and Co. doesn't care for them. He's there for Illyria. It was a trap all along just to get her power. But at that moment, Buffy gets right in his way. And right before Sev can take her power, she just teleports away. And he has a really weird reaction. He just goes, Slayer! 
sure. I know. I read she that. Has nothing to do with it. I read that combination of things so many times. I was like, what happened? Like, where did Illyria go? And also, why is he yelling at Buffy right now? Yeah, he's yelling at Buffy for nothing that she did in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, kind of a theme. And he goes after Buffy and, you know, he villain monologues at her. He's like, I'm going to take away Illyria's powers because she can go back in time and I'm going to save my girlfriend. It's a villain's monologue too, huh? Mm. Mm. I am the villain. Of what? Your history books. Oh. Boom! Oh, oh you set that, that up one. so well. You're Aaron oh. Burr. You chose me Aaron Burr from Sir. this situation. <laughs> you want to go take over Mexico and then fail miserably at it? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. So, fun fact about Aaron Burr. So... Oh, you walked into that so well. I did, I did. That, that was quick. So while Sev is monologuing, here's something I didn't know Ko could do. Those little lasery discs that he can make from his hands, turns out he can let go of them. And he can send them, like throwing discs. I just assumed that they were attached. But no, this art shows that they can be separated from him because he just stabs Sev in the back and leaves it there. He's like, bitch probably go now so Illyria pulls them back out of wherever they were to wherever she is a couple hundred feet away from Sev's house yeah and she's like that siphon will never have me except he might dun, dun, dun. so while this is going on we've also had two other separate stories happening we've had one with Billy and one with Xander and Don do you want to talk about first let's do Xander and Don it seems what is their couple name Zonder <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. I just made that up. Does it work? Not traditionally as a couple name. Or Dander. Dander. Donder. Or Zon. Oh. I like Zonder the best. That one wins. So Zonder at the hospital. <laughs> and they can't figure out what's wrong with Dawn. There's something medically wrong with her, but they just can't figure it out. It's not like what happened with Buffy's mom. It's not... It's not an aneurysm. It's yeah. not a brain thing. So she's hooked up to all these machines. And they just don't know. And the doctors are like, look, we're not going to stop until we figure it out. And Xander is having a conniption. Because he doesn't want to be Xander. He wants to be Zonder. <laughs> oh. Sorry. You're not sorry. That's the problem. No, I'm quite proud of myself. I know. And he doesn't know what to do. Meanwhile, Billy has been having problems of his own. He wants to figure out what happened to Buffy. So he's talking to his boyfriend, Cute Devin. I forgot that that was his name. Full name, Cute Devin. Cute Devin. Well, you saw how many abs he had. No, but are you just imagining him filling out the SATs as Devin, comma, Cute. Filling in all the little bubbles, C-U-T. No, he has a separate last name. He's Cute Devin plus whatever his last name is. His two first names. But still, don't you imagine him filling out like SAT bubbles for that? Yes. Not really, but sure. Okay, well, that's just me then. And Billy, who is currently staying with Buffy, runs out of the house. He's like, I have to find Buffy. And Anna Heed's like, oh, Buffy's gone. What are we doing? Yeah, cool. because you missed the part because you got distracted by Cute Devin, where Cute Devin was like, what would the Hardy Boys do? Which legitimately, if anything terrible happens, I want you to ask me, what would Nancy Drew do? And that would make me feel better. There's a Nancy Drew comic out right now. Why? A Nancy Drew Hardy Boys crossover. I don't want the Hardy Boys. No one likes them. I just want Nancy Drew. Okay, well, I have nothing for you then. Is it good? I didn't read it. I couldn't tell you. Just read the Nancy Drew parts. Okay, I'll skip half the book. Yeah, that sounds fine. So Billy goes return to the scene of the crime, and he runs back to the warehouse where he's going to check security footage. Yeah, because weirdly this warehouse has security cameras in it, but they didn't 
try to stop the zompire nest that was building in their warehouse? Unclear. And Anahid follows him there. Do you think that zompires can be caught on camera? Little digital ones, I imagine. But do you think that vampires can be caught on digital cameras? On digital, yeah. I mean, the the show even had them being caught on regular cameras, which no does not work within the science of the universe. Right. Because it's done with mirrors. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, I mean, they have old photos of Angel from like the 50s, Hmm. which shouldn't work, but did. No. Interesting. So Anahid shows up. She's like, I'm here to help. And Billy's like, get out of here. You're not a slayer. You don't know what it's like to have a calling, even though I don't. So she leaves. She's like, yeah, she's all like, right. That's fine. She actually throws up her hands and goes, yeah, I get it. I'll leave you to your detective work. Not helpful. Also, she came all the way down to that warehouse and she's going to be like, okay, bye. So back with the council, they're discussing the fact that the siphon wants a lyric. She's like, yeah, he's not going to get me. In fact, we're going to set a trap for him and we're going to kill this son of a bitch. They don't say that last bit. Well, that's not really Illyria-esque dialogue that I typic- she would typically use. I also was going to say because it's a family comic, and then I thought of some of the things that have happened in this comic. They just don't use poor language. It's saucy, though. It is saucy, I suppose. Relatively violent. A lot of death. Yeah, yeah. So they have a relatively simple plan. Illyria is going to go out, going to make it so Severin comes to her, and... Right when he's about to suck her power, she is going to teleport Buffy and Co. who are going to be in mid-swing, both sword and laser disc thing, and they're going to cut his ass down. Yep. Solid plan. Yeah, it actually is a good thought because... It's a good murder plan. Well, it's a murder. and also Illyria has shown that she can teleport pretty quickly under stressful circumstances, so all good things. So off we go. So as this plan is about to be implemented, Illyria teleports herself off to go fight with Severin, the two of them have it out, and just as he's about to suck her power out, she teleports Buffy and Co., except Severin somehow screwed with that, kind of unexplained, and Buffy and Co. swish at nothing. Yeah, they get sent, like, to a party with a Ninja Turtle in Disney and Darth Vader? I guess they're at a con. They got sent to a con. I don't, I don't know where they are. It's definitely a con. I don't know what that is. It's really far away, but yeah, they definitely got teleported to a con. And Severin siphons off Illyria's power. And Illyria is now not human, but she's not powered. She's powerless. Dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, while there are other stories, Xander does the only thing he can think to do and calls in Andrew for his medical expertise. Yeah. Well, he really calls him in for his mystical expertise to see if it's something mystical. And Andrew basically says, it's not. There's nothing I can do. But I could potentially put her consciousness inside of this half-broken Buffy bot I have. Lying around. And, and Xander's like, sounds great. So they put on some scrubs and they sneak Dawn out of the hospital. And compare this to Star Trek for the voyage home. I don't know that one. It's the whale one. You do know that one. Oh, all I remember about the hospital was when they were in the elevator. And the doctor was very upset that they still used chemo to combat cancer. McCoy? Sure. Bones. Mm. Leonard. Cohen? No. Who's Leonard Cohen? He's a dead musician. He died last year. Oh, that's really sad. Oh, did he sing that Hallelujah song? Yes, he did. You got there all by yourself. All by myself. <laughs> all by myself. Okay, so they sneak her out. So, while that's happening, Billy is looking at security footage inside of the warehouse where there's no sunlight and there can still be zompires. Instead of just moving this over to a flash drive. Poor choices, Billy. Also, how does Billy know how to do this? Because he's not, like, necessarily a computer geek. Would you know how to get stuff off of random security cameras that you saw? Couldn't tell you. 
I don't know, maybe. I've never had to try. I brought my own USB cord. Is that all I really need? So, of course, because he's doing this in the warehouse where the zompires are, the zompires attack and they're about to kill him. And hey, twist, Anna Heed's the slayer and she kills all the zompires. Yeah, she's not just a slayer. She's a really good slayer, evidently. Yeah, the quick gist is not all of the slayers turned against Buffy after she destroyed the seed and Anahita was sent in to try and protect Buffy. And that's why she was going through like all of her things and that's why she's been covering her rent and all other kinds of like funky business was just to keep Buffy on the straight and narrow. So Anahita is also a very good actress. And going back to Illyria, her power has been zapped and so is all of her blue. Yeah, she's now fully Fred. Except not Fred. Still Illyria, just... Right, but Fred's image. Yeah, it looks fully Fred now, except for the cat suit. And she's had her powers diminished before, but she mentions that this feels somehow different. That it's just not... Yeah, this is It's not like her powers. power is weakened. It's like it's she gone. is powerless. And in her mind, she doesn't know how this is possible, because Fred's body is just supposed to be a shell. If the essence of Illyria is gone, then Fred should just drop fully right but yet somehow everything is still functioning in fred's body whatever could this mean to be honest i don't know if they had to play it at this point or not but there's a magical answer yeah and the balloon meets them and it's like hey we're gonna have a meeting come on over and it floats away yes O'Leary doesn't know what to do about this she's like well we're gonna go back there but they're not gonna be able to beat it how are we gonna do this and buffy's like there's only one way we beat this my friends we're gonna need some help from my human friends. Sure, Spike's gone, Angel and Faith are in London. Don's sick, and Willow's MIA. What friends? At this point, I don't think you actually have any. You know, Anaheed, I guess. <laughs> Roommates. Yeah. Tumble and Root will help us now. Yay, Tumble. So we see Buffy's friends not doing much. Well, Andrew tries to transfer Don's consciousness into Buffy, and for whatever reason, it's not working. No. Also, the kind of weird part here is that because Joyce is dead and Buffy's like MIA, that Xander just gets to make medical decisions for Dawn. Well, he also stole her body from a hospital, so felony. I guess. Yeah, is that a felony? I imagine. That can't... Kidnapping? Steal... Hospital napping? Stealing someone from the middle of a hospital? That can't be legal. Dog napping? Not... It's definitely not that one. It's also not hospital napping. <laughs> what do we want to call it then? Patient napping? abduction okay well that's the real word but i like mine better patient napping then we get a twist billy finally uploads the security footage to an ipad or some other device you know and gets it away from the warehouse with the zompires idiot weird thought and he's looking at it around dowling trying to figure out what happened to buffy why she suddenly disappeared and and he takes it away and she's like hey i know that girl and what it is is it's a former slayer which is really cool. This is the first time we've ever seen a slayer turned into a vampire. Or in this That's case, a also zombire. a zombie. So what would you call those three together? You're into naming things tonight. Slompire. Mm, that one was it's rough. Too many things. That one was rough. Slompire? I don't know. That's too many. You did your best. zompire You did your best. We're just going to have to leave it at... Slayspire. <laughs> it's too many things. You did your best. You tried hard. And... Once you know it, the person who is conducting these Slayer Zompire experiments is none other than... Dun dun dun! Simone. Simone. What was that? Simone. We were reading something today in class about a woman named Simone. Cool. No one listening to this will have any context for that. <laughs> so sorry. So Buffy goes to find her friends. 
meaning Xander and an unconscious Don and Andrew, who's kind of a friend. Okay, here's my favorite part, is that she also brings Co and Illyria, and they're just awkwardly hanging out, like, in the back quarter of Andrew's basement, where they're working on Don. <laughs> She's like, here are my friends in leather. Friends in leather, here are my friends without leather. Hope you guys have fun together. And Illyria kind of lays it out. She's like, this isn't a medical thing. This is all mystical. This entire essence is leaving the body. And it hits Xander and Buffy at the exact same time. And they just say, the key! Because Dawn is made of mystical energy. And now that there's no magic to hold her together, Dawn is literally fading away. Yeah, which explains the flu-like symptoms, which explains a couple other things. Yeah, like we had earlier that we didn't mention it, like Buffy forgot that Don was allergic to peanut butter and Xander forgot Don's birthday a few arcs ago. So we've had people's memory of Don slowly slipping away, but no one ever noticed it as kind of a big thing. Right. The thing that bothers me about this is that the seed has been destroyed for months and it's just now that the physical effects are showing up in Dawn. I'm, I'm totally cool about the really slow... There were only a couple of references. It could have been built up a little bit more than it was. I like the idea of that. I think it's a good plan. Oh no, it makes perfect sense. It just... I wish that we'd had scattered in these arcs a little bit. Something about Dawn feeling a little bit under the weather or Dawn still has those allergies or something that, that makes it feel a little bit less like all of a sudden... Dawn passed out. And Buffy, of course, feels immediate guilt. She's like, oh, this is happening because I destroyed the seed. And then Xander storms off. He's like, it's because you destroyed the seed. Yeah, so Xander goes up and punches a thing for a while until his hand bleeds. And... Well, it shouldn't take that long. He punches cement with bare knuckles. That should be like one punch. Yeah, so he punches cement for a while. And then... He's like, it's all your fault. And Buffy's like, yeah, you know what? I'm getting real tired of that song and dance. If I hadn't destroyed the seed, Don would have died. And I saved a lot more people because of it. So get it together, man. But then Xander's like, no, I even mean before that. Like, it's all your fault before that. Like, you and Angel, that was all your fault. You could have controlled that. Keep it in your pants, Buffy. But they didn't. It was foretold for many millennia. Couple years. Yeah. Three to five. And then they had sex in space. It was so odd. So odd. And Buffy basically says... Shut the hell up. We're going to do this together. We don't have time for this crap. Yeah, I'm kind of with Buffy on this. That's a lot of things to be holding over Buffy and a lot of steps back to blame directly on Buffy. Yeah, I'm also on the side of Buffy of, you know, she would have died if I hadn't done anything, so get over yourself. Very much so. And we finished this arc with a one-shot titled The Watcher. But as it takes place almost exactly where we leave off in the other arc, it feels more of a continuation than its own separate one-shot. Yeah... And we flash back to a scene that isn't getting old yet. I know, I think when you were reviewing this arc, you told me some number like, this is the third to last time we ever have to see this. I think, it's either, I think it might be the last, maybe the second to last. Because we go back to the very end of season eight, once again with Giles' dead body on the floor. Getting kind of sick of this. Poor Giles. And we have this all inside of Xander's mind. He's telling us the tale of his point of view. He went down there to make a difference. But he didn't. And Angel comes out of it. He's all confused. He's like, Buffy, what happened? Is Giles okay? He doesn't look like it because we can see his neck bones poking out. Yeah, no, Giles is not okay. Thanks, Angel, for checking. That was kind of you, I guess. <laughs> Why is everybody crying? Yeah, and we find out that soon after this particular moment that Xander rushes up and punches Angel in the face. Well, the title Watcher is being used in a derogatory sense towards Xander. Going back to that whole season seven thing of like, you're the one who sees everything. Right. And Xander just is building with rage. He's like, all I do is watch my friends die. And he kind of lists everyone off. Tara, Anya, Renee, Giles. 
That's what I do. Watch and watch and watch. And it builds up, hides in you, becomes a part of you. You don't even know it's there until it finally makes you do something besides watch. And he just beats the hell out of Angel hard. Like, there's a lot of blood. He is going as hard as Angel as he possibly can. Here's the interesting <clears throat> thing, too, is that clearly Xander had a lot of affection for Giles. But I never really thought of Xander as such a huge, I don't know, Giles fan is not the right word, but they, as having such a strong connection with Giles that he is willing to get this angry about it. I mean, they knew each other very well for like a decade. They did, yeah. A long time. And Angel's just like, it wasn't me. And I like what Xander says. Like, you always have an excuse. Guess what? I don't care. And to a point, yeah, Angel always does have an excuse. Yep. Angel's really good at complaining, being guilty, and always having an excuse. So he's about to stake Angel with the broken scythe and Buffy stops him. And he does stop. And we cut back to the present day and Xander is once again feeling useless watching over Don. He's also changed shirts since five minutes ago. Which is... Good, because he probably hasn't changed shirts since the beginning of all of these things. Where he's wearing a Sunnydale High School shirt, even though all of his stuff should have been burned up in the crater. No. Who knows? He could have gotten it from the school store or something. The school store that got blown up in the crater? Before the school store got blown up. Anyway, so the two of them are still trying to work on Don's little problem. Except they're being real childish about it. Like, Xander is refusing to talk to Buffy, and he's making Andrew talk for him. It's like, I'm not talking to her. Andrew! Tell her that I'm not talking to her. This is helpful. It's real helpful right now. And despite Buffy being like, shut up, we're going to work together, Xander storms off. Yeah. Yeah, Xander's really not at his best in this particular one shot. And while part of me enjoys seeing his internal thoughts, the other part of me is like, yeah, just go do things. You're not helping. You don't have to talk about it. He goes back to the apartment that he has with Don, and he has a nice Back to the Future moment where he picks up a photo of Joyce, Buffy, and Don that was... In season five of the show, I'm sure they showed it in more scenes than just that, where Don's photo fades away a la Back to the Future style. Right. And so things like that, that that photo should have started fading day one after the seed was destroyed, right? Yeah. But instead it waits until now. It's just a little odd. So it can build to the finale. Yeah. And Xander is teleported away. Gonna be a lot of that going on now. Poor Xander. Because now Severin has the powers of Illyria. Right. And so Xander... Was a little taken aback that he landed with Sev and Simone, not with Buffy and Illyria. And he tries to attack them immediately because, you know, he's just angry. And, of course... They have guns and happens. lasers and magic, so he doesn't get very far. <laughs> and slayerness. And slayerness. And they basically say, hey, we can go back and we can save Dawn. We can make it so none of this ever happened. All we want to do is save Severin's girlfriend and make it so Simone can be top dog. And if we do that, that means that Don gets to live. Right. And the whole point of Sev is that he and his girlfriend were talking about how they want to make all of the good things last forever. Bunch of whiners. Yeah. And Buffy goes back to the rooftop for some reason, where Xander was punching things. I guess to see if Don is teleporting in? I don't know. What? Oh, that was weird. I guess she just wants to look at the blood that Xander left behind. Like, good. Hope he hurts. Yeah. And Andrew follows her up. He's like, hey. You're going to save your sister. I believe in you. Which was really sweet. It It is a really sweet Andrew moment. And there's nothing... He doesn't get a lot of those. There's nothing really sarcastic about it or... No, he just comes up. He's like, you always save the day. You're going to do it again. It's very comforting. And then Buffy ruins the moment. She's like, be nice to hear that from someone that I trust. Always undercutting the moment, Buffy. You're the worst. Yeah. But instead, we get Willow back. In a corset. 
Again. With the newly fixed scythe. With the new paint job. Yeah. And Buffy gets all excited. She's like, oh my god, you're back. And Willow performs some magic. Ever since Buffy had her face planted into the ground, she's had a scar this entire arc. And Willow's like, well, that is unseemly. And she magics the scar away. And Buffy is so excited that Willow has some magic back. She's like, oh my god, you're back in the game. You have magic. And Willow's like, no, I only have a little of it. And I need to use it sparingly to try and bring it all back to the world. Thank god I wasted some of it on a glamour. And Buffy's like, fix my sister. I don't care about the rest of the world. Fix my sister. But thanks for fixing my scar. Yeah, in that, I suppose. And Willow goes to Dawn and she's like, I don't know if I can fix this. This is something beyond just doing a spell. There has to be a core of magic in this world. We don't have that right now. Maybe they should do something about that. Who knows? And while that's happening, no one knows where Xander is because he's off with Simone and Sev. And they convince him to help them. That if they that if he helps position Buffy where they need her to be, that they can save Dawn and save the world. Yes, yes. It's... And Sander agrees because he's an idiot. Right. It's this part to me I did not love. Mostly because Xander has been through everything with Buffy. All of the crazy things, all of Buffy's bad decisions, all of Buffy's good decisions. Xander has been there for every single one. And now he's like, you know what? I'm going to throw that away. I don't trust her anymore. Well, I mean, especially going back, if you want to go back a ways to the season five finale where Buffy's like, where Giles is like, killing Dawn is the way to save the world. And Buffy's like, if anyone gets near Dawn, I'll kill them. And then she literally dies to save her sister. Right. I think Xander should, you know, place his eggs in that basket. The basket that's already died for her once. But no. And has repeatedly them, saved the world. Places them in Simone's basket. Yeah, so dumb call. Yeah. And that wraps up this arc. Illyria's over on the Buffy side of things. I love that we can do this in comics. Seth is working on a time travel plan. Xander has turned to the dark side. Dawn's on her way out. Willow's back. And all we got next time is a finale. Is that really it? End of the season. Huh. We're going to finish up Angel next time, and after that, we'll be back for Buffy. Is Billy in it again? Also, what's up with Dowling? We'll find out both of those things next time. Unanswered questions. Also, I don't know. I just keep thinking about the whole Xander betrayal thing. It makes me sad. I do buy it to a point. I don't think it was poorly handled. I just... Oh, no, no. I just... He's also very impulsive and makes poor decisions frequently. So... All of these things make sense. Like, he and Anya got engaged because they thought the world was ending. Yeah, no, he's big on the apocalyptic decisions. Yeah. He should stop doing those. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Overall, I like this one a lot. I think the art is the best that it's been. I love having Illyria in the mix. I also love having Illyria interact with Buffy. You know what I loved? Like, you don't get Buffy dealing with a lot of characters that are more powerful than her, especially female characters. I loved that the story moved forward in a pleasant amount of new content not so much that i was confused not so little that i was bored or felt like the story was a waste treading water yeah trying to fill an issue count or like i mean that's always the problem with especially modern books these aren't just dark horse or like idw but in general when you're writing for trade yeah but all in all a really solid arc this has been the best one so far of season nine i think the finale is probably gonna Actually, I'm going to retract that. The finale is the best that this season gets, but this is the first one that I've really attached to so far on the Buffy side of things. Yeah. At least this season. Last season, overall, I liked, but this one, they tried to step a little too far back and then made some weird choices about metaphors. But this is the first one where it's kind of felt like the essence of the show again. Yeah. In the right way. I liked it a lot. Yeah, and it's a hard line because it is an interesting thought to think about Buffy if she can't be a slayer. 
now that she has all this, what would she do? But they just took that line so far, forever, and I just got bored of it. But we're going to wrap up Angel next week. Until then, if you want to find the show, it's over on editorsnotecomics.com. Social media over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to shoot us a line, you can do that at editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Patreon. I was getting there. I'm sorry. That was the next thing. Sorry. I also messed up last time. What'd you um, say? For my editing. I I think it was the last episode that I was cutting. I said, like, if you want to rate, review, subscribe over on YouTube. I mean, you can. The YouTube one's less important. iTunes is the more important one. That's what I meant to say. I thought it was weird at the time, but I was like, did these, you actually notice that? I did. I didn't. But I was like, these young people with their things. My kids also told me that you don't get paid anymore for monetized views on YouTube unless you have more than a thousand views or something. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. So get ten thousand of your closest friends to watch one of our videos, guys. Yeah. Sorry, um, I screwed up your spiel. Also, if you want to get the show a week early, find out how Angel season or Angel and Faith season nine ends. Patreon.com slash Editor's Note Comics. $1 a month will get you this show a week early every single week. And my other show, the Editor's Note Comics podcast, a day early because that one is just recorded the day before I cut it. So it's as current as you can make it. I throw it up literally as soon as it's done. Well, there you go. Hot (laughs) off the computer. It doesn't get any fresher. I literally finish it and upload it to Patreon. So there you go. And then I wait 24 hours to put it up for the rest of the world. And I try and line it up for 24 hours. So? Try and be consistent. Look at you. I don't want to lie. Don't be like, you get it a day early. Then be like, you actually only got it 20 hours early. (laughs) Anyway. I try and line it up if I can. Write to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We'll be back next week. With Angel. Yeah. I already said that like three times. But that's that's what we're doing. So we'll... Talk to you then. See ya. Bye.